I'm Michelle Ely from the Starlight Tribune, an Arrow TV show fan podcast, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other amazing geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 214 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we talk about what makes a likable podcast host. In this week's Better Podcasting Download, we discuss a breakout year for a podcast that started way back in 2017. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we round up a bunch of feedback over the last couple of weeks, including what people did with their podcast over the holiday break. Lauren, I missed you over the holiday break. Start the show now. Welcome to Better Podcasting. With a combined history of over a thousand episodes and starting as early as 2008, we are hobby podcasters through and through, just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. Here are the hosts for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to your first episode of Better Podcasting for 2020. I am Stephen Jondra, and I am pleased to say that SP is back podcasting again with me this year. Really weird. We debated on whether or not we were going to continue Better Podcasting together, and we decided, oh, let's do it again. Let's roll the dice for one more year. So we did. But as Stephen alluded to, we're just coming off the holiday break, and some of us have received podcasting gifts over the holidays. So I just wanted to go over one that I received. I received a new microphone. Yeah, everybody's talking about that Samsung Q9 that's out in CES right now. And this is what I have. Yes, a Telex desktop microphone. I got this, Stephen. My worries are over as far as recording podcasts. I've got this new microphone. For those of you who are wondering what a Telex microphone is, it's actually um, a special X-Men edition of a Teletubby microphone. That's what it is. It's it's a combination. It's a crossover. I'm not even sure what this was supposed to be used for back in the day, maybe gaming or something like that. But yeah, I used it. it it's yeah, I, I think there are better microphones out there. But Stephen, I also got another great podcasting gift. I got, I know you're really excited about this one. I got a Blue Yeti. For the audio listener, he's not talking about a Blue Yeti microphone. He's he's literally holding up a color blue Yeti tumbler. If this is the first time checking out this show, you might not know that I made that same joke about three years ago when I got my Yeti, which is not a Blue Yeti. It is it an orange Yeti. Three years ago, it was like a year ago and yeah it wasn't a blue yeti it was orange i have a blue yeti and i have pre- prevented myself from using this until we actually got to show it on this show yes it's a brand new blue yeti which i will be using on better podcasting just not in the matter which everybody else would be thinking yes so steven did you get anything that you want to tell the troops about yeah, of course okay. I did. I, I did. I actually got a variety of different things, and and I'm not going to get into a bunch of them, but a lot of experimenting for me this year. Part of which is is acoustic tiles, which the one that I'm holding up for the audio listener has not done its inflation process, so it's pretty useless. But I'm looking forward to experimenting with those. I actually got a couple packs of those from a couple different people because I, we talked about sound treating your room, and we've got limited experience with that. But I, it's an area of my personal firsthand knowledge and experience of tinkering that I really wanted to learn a little bit more about. So that was on my wish list. And some people were kind enough to oblige and a bunch of other things that uh, we'll save for the end of the year when we do our, our gear episode. Maybe I'll touch on it here and there over the next little while, but definitely uh, it's it, I'm experimenting this year, SP. I'm experimenting. Experiment every year. By the way, we usually start our podcast uh, with a How I Saved My Podcast story. We're not going to start it off with a How I Saved My Podcast story this week. However, we did run into, well, we, I ran into an excellent clip. I've been talking about how I watch these sailing YouTube channels, these cruising YouTube channels, and they are creators just like us. In a lot of cases, they're hobbyists, although they are trying to make money, so they continue to cruise around the world. And I'm very envious of them. Also, it's a lot of work that they do. 
And there was a question in one of their live streams over the holidays of how would you recommend to somebody or give them advice about starting a YouTube channel, which is very similar to a hobby podcast. It's not exactly one for one. And the answer was intriguing enough that I reached out to the creators. It's Tula's Endless, Sum Tula's Endless Summer. And I asked permission to roll this clip. And this is what they had to say. What is your best advice to start a YouTube channel? Don't do it to make money. Yeah. Don't do it to make money. My best advice, I got one piece of advice. I concluded it, it recently. Be different. Whatever you see on YouTube, just try to be super different. And that's not, yeah, that's what I have to say about that. And do it for yourself. Do it for your family. Do it for your friends. Don't do it to try to make money. Do it to satisfy your creativity. That sounded eerily familiar to some of the things that we've said on here before, SB. Uh, all kidding aside, I loved it when you sent this to me. You sent this to me a couple of weeks ago. We, we, yeah, we still talk while we're not podcasting together. We still talk. We got a good relationship. It's part of the contract, but it's more texting than talking. <laughs> that's fair enough. And when you send that to me, I'm like, this is so familiar. I'm so glad that you found this because it just goes to show that podcasting is not unique in some ways and it's important to remember that because youtube's been around we've all all sorts of people have built youtube channels over the years and now we're really seeing that that balloon of podcasting and people trying to get into podcasting and youtube's gone through that youtube's done that it, it's coming it's gone and so it's coming back again and so i think that this is really good example on how we can learn a little bit from other crafts that are very similar to ours I just want to extend a special thanks to Bill and Sierra over on Tula's Endless Summer for providing us the permission to play this on Better Podcasting. They said they were going to check the show out. And if you guys did, thank you very much. And I look forward to seeing your adventures as you're sailing north this season. When it comes down to it, podcasts are largely about the hosts, the topics, the actors, and the stories within each podcast episode. Often the topic and information that's presented are the initial draws to that podcast, especially for new listeners. But what keeps listeners coming back and subscribed is how much the audience likes the hosts of those shows. It's worth noting that audio dramas are a slightly different animal with respect to host likability, but ultimately, the likability factor is still important for the main actors of those audio dramas. As SP and I open our 2020 Better Podcasting Year, we'd like to try to do an episode that will hopefully help you make your podcast a little bit better by making your hosting a little bit more likable. A likable host will help more new listeners stay and possibly turn those frequent listeners into longer-term subscribers and maybe even encourage them to interact with you a little bit more as they start to like you or, in the case of everybody listening to this show, love SP. As far as likability, there's no one-size-fits-all formula when you're talking about likability with a podcast host. After all, it's mostly subjective. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But today... We want to describe some common attributes and qualities that contribute to a host's likability. The more you can genuinely incorporate these attributes, which we're about to go through, into how you host a podcast, the more potential you have to be likable to your listeners. While preparing for this episode, I actually asked the Better Podcasting Discord members what makes a likable host. There was one attribute that Alurun, he's a user on the Discord server, aka Jason from the Smoking and Drinking in Space podcast. He brought it up and we wanted to mention this attribute right off the bat. And that is hosts with beards. While this is obviously not an attribute every host can have, should have, or even would want to have, we thought we'd mention it because at the time of recording this episode, we both have beards. So thank you, Jason, for letting us know that you like us for our beards. All right, SP, you've done your fan service to Jason. Can we just move on to some actual legitimate points? 
All right. So we're glad you had a laugh with us on that last attribute, but it punctuates the first attribute that we wanted to bring up. Be prepared. In this case, one of the ways we prepared for this podcast was to ask our audience their thoughts on this topic. In doing so, we were able to take one of the responses, have a little fun with it, and use it as an example. But asking for audience feedback is not the only way to be prepared. Researching your specific topic or guest for the episode you are recording is a great way to be prepared. Sometimes you may take only a short time to prepare. Other times you might be working on a project for an extended period, maybe even over the course of several months. And yes, we've done some episodes here on Better Podcasting that we've researched for well over a year. Taking care of your health on the edition, in particular your voice, is a great way to also be prepared. Your voice might be a host's greatest podcasting asset after all. Without your voice, it's pretty difficult to record a podcast. If you're sick, if you've got laryngitis, you know what I'm talking about. And if you've been podcasting for any extended period of time, you probably had a situation where you've had to podcast while you've been a little under the weather. In these situations, you could prepare for the challenges, such as having extra water on hand, having throat lozenges or breaking up your recording to several recording sessions so you can give your voice a little rest, clear your throat, and move on and sound as normal as you possibly can with your cold or flu. Now, knowing what you want to say during your episode is also a great way to be prepared, perhaps the biggest way to be prepared. Coming prepared means that you'll use less crutch words because you know what you're actually going to say. You will communicate information you want to to your listeners and to your community. You won't give extraneous information that might not be important or might take a sidetrack that you don't want to take during your show. And your listeners are going to appreciate that you are respecting your time. Uh, You also have preventing falling into that trap of talking in circles as you try to make it sound like you know what you're talking about. Coming prepared to record your show will ultimately translate into audience respect and maybe even entice listeners to like you. But preparedness is not the only attribute by far that we're going to be talking about today. Now, the next one we want to talk about is respect. When you're a communicator like a podcaster, the respect you show your audience, your guests, the topic, and the people that you are discussing really can enhance that listener likability. When you're not respecting others, your audience might start to not respect you. And when your audience doesn't respect you, they may not want to listen anymore. Now, your show doesn't have to be 100% agreement with all hosts, guests, and listeners all the time. No, it doesn't have to be all sunshine and roses. It's not necessarily having to be the case. But you can present multiple different opinions and even have debates in a very respectful manner. It's possible to do this. Now, your audience has a lot of choices of different shows that they can listen to generally within your niche. Sorry, you're not always unique. But the odds are they're going to want to choose a show that does exhibit respect over a show that doesn't exhibit respect. Like, think about that. If there's two potential options, they're pretty much the same, and one of them sounds like they're having a respectful debate, and the other is just being completely disrespectful, which would you prefer to listen to? Try to be the show that is the one that has the respect, and your audience will probably appreciate that. Now, here's the fun fact of this point here. If you're ever trying to think of our list and you're like, oh, I really want to improve my likability, I can't remember that second one they said. Just do what SP does, because I know for a fact that the way that SP drills this category into his head is that he hits up all of the different karaoke bars every Friday night, sometimes including Saturday nights, and he sings the song. Yeah, that's what he does is he sings it, sings respect every Friday at a karaoke bar as he thinks about this topic. It's true. It just starts with me just trying to spell respect and it just snowballs from there. I got to go out and sing it. Absolutely. (laughs) Moving on to the next quality or attribute of being a likable host. At some level, your show has to be entertaining to your audience. Now, this does not mean that you have to tell wall-to-wall jokes or be in constant storytelling mode. However, it does mean that you need to present somewhat of a show to your listeners. You have to entertain. 
and no one wants to listen to a podcast that just reads the dictionary. Even shows that actually do read the dictionary, listeners to that generally want more. Listeners want to be intrigued with how the information or story is being presented. This means that as a host, you are some sort of an entertainer on some level. To use an analogy, even teachers in schools will agree with this. And students, at least me as a student, will definitely agree with this. You want to be entertained as you're learning. So make your show as entertaining as it needs to be by being entertaining as a host. If you need to tell some jokes, tell some jokes. If you need to tell a captivating story, tell that captivating story. Sure, enhanced production elements and editing can help with this, but at the end of the day, how entertaining your show is depends on how entertaining you are as a host on the microphone when you are recording. For one thing, talking in monotone for an hour is not entertaining. Monotone dialogue might help some listeners fall asleep, and there are podcasts meant for this purpose, but most podcast hosts are trying to communicate to their audience and having proper inflection to your voice and engaging vocal cadence over the course of your show helps you entertain your audience. If you're having trouble with this, consider taking an improv class or take some opportunities to present to small groups as a public speaker. Uh, local Rotary Club meetings are great places to practice this and network. The more you practice, the better you'll become. Also, review your podcast episodes and critique yourself on how entertaining you think you are as the podcast is released three, six, 12 months later. Take notes on your performance and make changes in your next episodes. But the bottom line with all this, strive to be entertaining. Your podcast audience will thank you for it through their downloads, streams, and subscriptions. Another way you might find yourself being a little bit more likable is when you have a little bit of knowledge sprinkled through your show. Now, as a host, you do not want to be the authority on your topic, but you do need to know enough to be able to communicate that topic that you're covering for your podcast. This is why it's important to choose a podcast show general topic that you've got a passion about. For example, Better Podcasting Episode 1 will relate you all to that information about how you want to pick your topic. Yeah, that's the first thing we ever did. And, and partially because we we're passionate about that topic as well. Uh, if you're an expert in the topic you're covering, that is a good attribute that you can have for your show. But if you're not an expert, you'll still need to share some of that knowledge by spending time researching the topic enough to be able to provide some value to the listener. Give you a little bit of a secret. Even audio drama script writers do need to research their topic a little bit and their stories. They need to do research on stories and facts and locations, personalities to make sure it does come across as authentic. If you're a podcast host without the proper knowledge, your audience is probably going to wonder why they're listening to you talk about something that you're not knowledgeable about over a show where clearly they do have a little bit of knowledge and experience that they can talk about. With the proper knowledge, your audience will thank you by wanting more of the same. Your audience will like you for your communication of said knowledge and hopefully relate a little bit because obviously they're listening to that show because they also want a little bit of knowledge about that topic. Now, here's one cautionary moment that we've got to do with sharing knowledge. You don't want to overload your audience with all sorts of facts, especially facts without context. Instead, pick the most relevant facts in relation to what you're talking about so that you can better help tell the story. Essentially, you're sprinkling in those facts within the general story. If you want a good example of this, let's give a special shout out here to former guest of the show, fellow Gunna Geek Network member Cody Goff and the Curiosity Daily Podcast over there. They're a fact show. They're all about talking about daily nuggets of knowledge, him and his co-host, Ashley Hammer. Well, here's the thing. They don't just go and deliver 10 minutes of raw facts every episode. No, they do tell a little bit of a story. They essentially add that sort of element of knowledge in with the facts so that it's a nice balance and you're not feeling overloaded with just pure raw facts at the end of those 10 minutes. They do a really good job. And if you want to sort of hear how they balance that, I think it's a good example on how 
how you can do that because they're a fact podcast. And they intertwine puns and entertainment. Matter of fact, today they were talking all about horsepower and there was a bunch of horse puns in there, even ones that didn't make sense. But that's part of their shtick. It works. So let's move on to another attribute of being a likable host, and that's having passion. I mean, we talked about it a little bit when we were talking about the topic before, but passion warrants its own host likability discussion on this show. If a listener is interested in your show's topic or story, what will help set your show apart from others is the passion you portray on the microphone. As a warning, you can go too far with passion, and this is a tricky attribute because depending on your audience, the level of passion you have could be appropriate, not enough, or too much. The key is to ensure the passion you have on your show is genuine. False or feigned interest is pretty easy to spot for a listener, so don't force yourself to be too passionate. Also, obsessive passion can be off-putting to most listeners that might consider you to be, quite frankly, off your rocker. So be careful to balance your passion with a dose of realism, and you will maintain your likability as a podcast host to your audience. And also, as an additional word of caution, don't let your passion make you incoherent. Sometimes if you talk too passionately, you might only be talking to yourself in your head because we can't understand what you're saying. Fair enough. I do that a lot. Uh, the next section that we want to talk about is being appreciative. Being thankful or appreciative to your audience and guests can potentially make you a little bit more likable to your listeners. Everyone likes a friend, a coworker, a dinner guest that really expresses that appreciation and podcast audiences like that too. For example, how much do I appreciate the wonderfulness that is the beard that SP can grow? I talk about it all the, all the time on this show because it's quite a powerful beard. Even our audio listeners who don't check out the video ever, they know how appreciative I am of SP's beard. It's the only thing you're appreciative of me about is the beard, and it's only here half a year. <gasps> but seriously, uh, appreciation can be something that does connect a little bit with your audience, and make sure you are being appreciative when appropriate and that you're not thanking everybody too much because sometimes... If you overdo that, like us Canadians do, it kind of waters the, down that appreciation a little bit. A little goes a long way with appreciation, but sometimes a lot seems a little bit like you just don't actually care because you're just using it willy-nilly. In the end, podcast listeners want to know you do care, and if you do care by being thankful, your audience might like you for that. Again, SP, your beard. I appreciate it. Appreciate you, right? Moving on to the next attribute and the second to last attribute that we're going to talk about is storytelling. Now, storytelling is a little different than being entertaining. I know I mentioned it before, and it is enough of an attribute for us to discuss storytelling as a separate likable attribute. So we're going to do that right now. In fact, storytelling could be its own better podcasting episode all by itself. If you've never been trained in the art of storytelling or it doesn't come natural to you, spend a few minutes researching how to tell stories better and then practice that knowledge off microphone. In short, though, different parts of a good storytelling include timing, setting the scene, tension, and delivering the ending, or if it's a joke, punchline. Nearly everyone likes to listen to a good story, and if you are able to tell stories well, it will help your listeners like you as a podcast host. I sense a future episode of Better Podcasting on this topic. And finally, the last positive attribute or quality that we're going to talk about about being a likable podcast host, talked about a little bit before about being genuine, we're going to call it authenticity. And it's arguably the most important one we're going to talk about today. Very few podcast listeners want to listen to a host that is a character, unless you're talking about a produced audio drama. So we'll just drop that part off and we'll just go to what we're doing here, kind of the Talking Head podcast. Instead, most podcast listeners want to experience a genuine person recording into a microphone. This is one of the main differences that sets podcasting apart from radio in the early days and even continuing on into today. Just by being yourself, you've already increased your chances of being likable to your audience. So be yourself, and chances are that you will already be liked by someone. Now we're going to move on here to a couple of things that we think might 
reduce your likability factor. But before we get there, we created this in the middle thing called special notes because we know that if we said that it was just for sure making you non-likable, people would argue all sorts of different examples. And we're talking about profanity because we'd be remiss if we didn't cover this in some aspect and some relation to profanity. In the world of podcasting, this is a very, very hot topic. And actually, if you think about it, through the whole world, this is a bit of a hot topic, the concept of profanity. This is because there are different levels of profanity that are looked at in different manners and differently throughout the world. Heck, there are even some differences within just individual countries. One side of the country might see something or one part of the country might see something as, as being profanity while the other doesn't. So profanity inherently is really a hot topic. And there are some certain types of shows that do use profanity where it's easier accepted than others where profanity could potentially make you a little bit non-likable. But here's the thing. Because profanity can, for some listeners, be a make-or-break situation for some listeners, potentially, if you use that, you may no longer be likable to some potential listeners. And for these listeners who do look up profanity through those eyes, it can be potentially one of those situ situations where you just can't unring that bell. I'm going to use a bit of a weird example that I think some people will appreciate, especially those who grew up with this show. Let's talk none other than Bob Saget. You know, Danny Tanner from Full House. There was an entire generation, maybe even multiple generations, who first knew Bob Saget as that wholesome, quirky Danny Tanner. He was the sweater-loving, nerdy dad from Full House. But there was a point, mostly when internet surely evolved, that some of these Full House viewers started to see Bob Saget's comedy. And guess what? Bob Saget's comedy is not Full House. No, a lot of people, when they first saw this, I had personal encounters with several people who first saw his comedy, and they're like, whoa, what is this? Because he is a little bit crude in his comedy, a lot crude. And once people saw that, they just couldn't see Bob Saget on Full House in the same manner. So it's just a little bit of an example how sometimes when you see somebody in a certain light, you might not see them the same way. And for some people, the truth of the matter is for some individuals, once they hear somebody use profanity in a certain way, they judge them and they think of them differently. And while we're talking about a way that people might find you as a host unlikable, let's talk about a couple more that we think are potential ways that you might not be likable to a listener. Let's start with being condescending. There's a big difference between being knowledgeable and confident or being condescending. Often when someone uses a condescending tone or nature, it can make the person they're talking to become defensive or worse, feel stupid. I'm feeling eye rolls already as I'm talking about this. It's important to remember that you're having an intimate conversation with your audience as a podcast host. And even if you're being condescending with or about someone else, ultimately to your listener, they see you as talking directly to them. Sometimes this can lead to them feeling that you're being condescending to them. All right. And if your podcast is being left feeling stupid, they might check out. I personally don't want to listen to a half hour of feeling stupid, so I don't listen to podcast hosts that are condescending. Maybe that's your thing, but as a podcast host, if you want to maximize likability, stay away from being condescending. You did a terrible job of that, SP. You just like completely rushed that section. It was terrible. You were... What are you thinking? How long have you been doing this? It's 214 episodes. Anyways, let's move on to the next one. Please do. You usually talk about this after the show. Oh, the next category is being berating. Oh, no. this is awkward now. Very awkward. Stepped in it again, Stephen. <laughs> Kidding aside, uh, being condescending can be really bad, but sometimes taking it a step further to the berating level can make it worse. This can be berating somebody on your show, like the example I just did. Off the show, maybe somebody that's not actually hosting the show, but you're talking about them on the show, or potentially you could even be berating your listener. I know what you're saying. You're like, well, how can you really berate a listener 
If it's just really a one-sided conversation, well, there are some ways that you can do this. And sometimes if you're not meaning to, you can actually indirectly berate them. For example, let's say that you've got a podcast all about paint drying. You start to tell a story on that paint drying podcast about a recent experience that you had with your friend who just didn't know that latex paint dries a lot faster than oil paint. During your telling of this story, you berate your friend, putting them down, calling him names, and just generally bad-mouthing their sheer stupidity for not knowing this. What happens to that listener that you have who's come to your show to learn all about paint drying and learn about these things, and they also didn't know this? Perhaps they relate with your friend. So as they listen, they actually identify with your friend, essentially feeling like you're berating them because they're hearing all of the berating you're doing about your friend, but they are identifying with them. Would that listener really want to keep listening if they feel like every time they come to your show, they're going to be left feeling a little bit berated? Probably not. But Legal disclaimer here, actual paint drying times do vary depending on a variety of circumstances. We recommend you consult with your local experts and the side of the paint tin before you factor in how long your paint will dry. Is that what they call it in Canada? Tins? Yes, that's it. That is, yes. We, we call them paint buckets here. <laughs> of course, there are actually direct ways to breed a listener too. For example, if you talk about feedback communication you had with somebody and you talk about that in a berating manner on your show, that's going to be a direct beration. And keep in mind that while you may be willing to part with the specific listener you've chosen to berate, you could also be discouraging other listeners from engaging with you in the future or heck, just listening to your show to begin with. They may not want to risk being publicly berated like that other listener that you did. We do want to say that there are specific types of podcasts where some of these could potentially be part of your show. I mean, think about mainstream media for a second. There are probably some very unique examples of the following things where it has been a success formula for some people. However, as we go through these, you should also consider there were probably people turned off of these shows too and were driven away from them. And a good example is Howard Stern back in the day. I actually never listened to Howard Stern on a regular basis. While there were people that loved him, there were people who hated him too. And guess what? Howard Stern actually has done interviews since where he regrets some of the ways how he used to act. He had a pretty emotional discussion with David Letterman on season one of Letterman's My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. I heard that that was, I never watched that one, Stephen, but I heard that was a, a key mark of the Letterman show on that. And it really painted, uh, Howard Stern in a different light. It did. In summary, being likable is very subjective. It really is. Think about all the experiences that you've had with your spouse. There was probably a time that you had a conversation about a famous person that one of you loved and the other couldn't stand. This is a great example on how being likable is subjective. One of you found this individual to be likable while the other person in the relationship couldn't stand them. So while you won't possibly be likable 100% of the time to 100% of the people listening to your show, the more ways that you can make yourself likable, the higher chances that you have that you will at least check enough of those likable checkmark boxes that the listener will want to keep listening to your show, even if there's a couple of things that they don't necessarily love about you. But here's the thing. Remember a second ago when we gave an example there about how likability was subjective? Yes, well, that legitimately was an example about how likability was being subjective. Here's the thing. The way we delivered that was actually the true example of likability being subjective. Because what I just told you to do was think about a story that you could relate with your spouse. There's probably a portion of our audience right now that is listening to this and they, they related to that and they had no problem and they instantly thought of what we were talking about. But there was also a portion of our audience that probably went, wait, I don't have a spouse. You see, subjective. And there's probably at least one of those people who thought that, that blatantly thought that we 
forgot about them and that we just ignored them and we just disregarded them. For a moment, we were not likable to that individual or those individuals. So we really just wanted to do that to highlight. Likeability, it's very subjective, and we hope that today's episode helps you think about all of the fantastic things that you do with your podcast to make yourself likable and maybe consider some of the things that you can do just to enhance that a little bit. We know that you're a likable person because you're listening to Stargate Pioneer, and how can you not be likable when you listen to Stargate Pioneer on a regular basis? Being likable generally means you're going to have a better connection with your audience, and that's what you're striving for as a podcaster. I'm going to throw it out to you, our listener. Did we miss a key attribute to likability or dislikability? Did we hit one that you feel you need to work on yourself? Did you hit one that you feel like is more important than the others? Let us know. We've got that Discord server we always talk about at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord, or you can always reach out to us on our email at podcast at betterpodcasting.com. This is the Better Podcasting Download. An interesting article crossed my desk over the past couple of weeks here, and it was actually the stats to Darknet Diaries. Now, it's hosted by Jack Ridester. Ridester? I'm sorry, Jack. I never can pronounce your your last name, and it's a badge of honor on this show or any show I'm at because I tend to butcher names quite a bit. I, Jack, I'm very sorry. Anyway. Fun fact, Dirk, my last name is actually Jandrew, but I just went with John Drew because he misset it all the time. Sure, we'll go with that. You started with that name long before I became part of your podcast world. So, and it was the name that you and your brother were given. So I, I don't know. Anyway. Darknet Diaries is a podcast that covers true stories from the dark side of the internet. Now, stories about hackers, defenders, threats, malware, botnets, breaches, and privacy. You're talking about internet stuff. And it started in 2017. At the end of 2019, Jack shared his stats from 2019. And he literally just shared them all. I don't know where he got his stats from. I, I don't think it says in the article or I just glossed over it. But you clearly see in the article, his release dates have spikes to them. That's pretty common among episodes that are like weekly or monthly. You'll get a spike on release day and then you'll have some continual uh, low chatter of people downloading your back catalog throughout the rest of the week or month. And in this case, it's weekly. Now, he went through the entire year. He annotated different things that did and did not happen with his show to create growth. He showed the growth that his show achieved, which is basically going from about 40,000 downloads on the days that he released to a hundred thousand downloads. So a 150% increase basically in the podcast. That is tremendous growth when you're talking about podcasting, not necessarily hockey stick growth, but still tremendous growth. One thing was pretty noted in here, and it's interesting to me on this. We had a side discussion on it, Stephen. It was that when he won an award, it had no bearing whatsoever on his downloads. There was no increase anywhere around when that award came. So that was interesting to note. But there were other things that was interesting to note as well, like whenever he appeared on another podcast, he tended to note some bumps around there. And then whenever he was listed in articles, he had seen some bumps to there. And it wasn't just one thing. It was continual things throughout the year. And again, I'm going to note, this is the third year of operation. He began operations in 2017 on this particular podcast. 2017 was first year. 2018 is second year. 2019 was the third year. So it took him until 2019 to get that big growth. So Stephen, did you have a chance to take a look at this article? I did. And uh, one of the things that I found really interesting about that was that his, in, his downloads increased quite a bit when he switched over to SoundCloud. I thought that was in. I'm joking. Completely joking. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because it was an anchor. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, this is really, really interesting. And I think worth hobby podcasters taking a look at because there's a really good breakdown on sort of the things that he saw that spike and the things that he didn't. And as a hobby podcaster, you got a very limited amount of budget and 
time that you can focus on your podcast. And this might help give you a little bit of direction on where you do want to place your focus to hopefully get a little bit of growth. The awards thing is a great example that you said there because you and I both have have talked to a variety of people who have won awards over the years. And we we've known this. We've known that a lot of people don't really see a bit of a spike with this. And so a lot of people who do hobby podcasts, they immediately think, well, if I become award winning podcaster, then maybe I'll end up having more clout, which means more people listening. And the example here says that that's not the case. And there's a lot of work that goes into trying to win an award. So maybe you want to focus a little bit elsewise if you're thinking that's going to be your priority to grow listeners. So really good information in here. And I really do encourage people to check that out. Uh, I, I really like the breakdown of this. And, and we're not saying awards are bad. We're just saying that they don't necessarily attribute to podcast growth. There are other reasons why you would want to win an award. Maybe you like the recognition. Maybe if you're working for a company, and we're not talking about corporate podcasts here on the show, we talk about hobby podcasts. But if you're working for somebody else, it's always great to show an award, to show viability. So there are reasons to win an award. But for hobby podcasters, we're saying that you might want to focus elsewhere to increase your growth and not necessarily on the awards. This is where we here at Better Podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback. We call this segment Better Podback. Well, if we're going to do an episode all about likability, you can bet we're going to ask people about what they think makes podcast hosts likability. And we did a poll over on Twitter. Yeah, if you don't follow us on twitter.com slash better pod, you should because occasionally we do a poll and we ask the question, podcast hosts and co-hosts are very likable to me when I brackets and let us know what you think and reply to. And then we listed the following options. So either they relate to them, laugh at their jokes, respect their knowledge, or like their storytelling. And it was interesting because I'll say generally it was divided. The highest category that we had was respect their knowledge at 38%. We had relate to them being 28%. We had like their storytelling being 19%. And laugh at their jokes being 14%. So really interesting to see the way that this was divided, but definitely respect their knowledge and relate to them were the takeaways here out of this. Now, these were just a few categories that we put because Twitter polls are limited, but I I definitely think that the relating to a host is a great way to like them because again, you relate to them. You have common ground. By the voting numbers, as you said, it was pretty divided, but we also received multiple responses on, can there be a writing option for all of the above? Yeah, there was several people that said all of the above, and that is fine too. That's why we asked for people to write in what they were thinking in terms of an answer there. I think the four things that Stephen chose to put on that poll were, yeah, you would expect that to be equal. I think knowledge came out on top a little bit uh, more than the others. So I think that is what our audience at Better Podcasting is striving for. That's not indicative of all podcasting. Keep that in mind. But we also received a interesting response from Restoration Pod and Restoration Pod or Resonant Restoration said, replying to Better Pod, it definitely depends on the topic or theme of the podcast. I enjoy confidence on the presentation knowledge or modesty when approaching a subject that they are not knowledgeable and an engaging cadence when telling their views or story. It's all interconnected. And yeah, I would say that many of the attributes and qualities that we talked about in today's show are interconnected indeed. We also had AL Moral in our Discord say, late to the party, but I like hosts who are happy to share with their audience, whether that's sharing their knowledge, their passion, their humor, or personality, or whatever. That's not to say everyone has to be bubbly. I just think you can tell by the way someone hosts whether or not they're having a good time. If they're not having a good time recording it, then I probably won't have a good time listening to it. I think that's valid. That's valid. Nobody wants to listen for, you know, 20 minutes to an hour or whatever it is that the person sounds like they're just suffering through or they phoned it in. 
And Amanda hosts the Up to Your Ears podcast. And that's a really interesting podcast because they use a Fisher Price xylophone to mimic some of the songs because due to copyright, you can't like play the song. So they do some really neat things over there. And and the xylophone is just part of their shtick, right? It's entertaining listening to some of these rock stars or rock songs or classical songs just on a xylophone. It, it's pretty neat what they do over there on Up to Your Ears podcast. See, I do listen. Don't say I don't. So we also had another poll out there. Stephen was just bored and he was throwing all these polls out there. This was back on December 28th. And Stephen listed on our Twitter account, we hope you're enjoying your holidays and use, are you using your time too? And tell us specifics in the replies. A, time off from podcasting. B, create new content. C, add new podcasting gear. D, upgrade show elements. Stephen, what were the results? We had 100% of the vote say they were adding new podcast gear. That's what they said. No, that's not true. That's what you hoped. Yeah. 42% said create new content. 28% said time off from podcasting. 9% said add new podcasting gear. And the remainder at 20% said upgrade show elements. That was a fun little one to have. And uh, we also had Christmas say always keep on creating. We've talked a little bit before about how you you can take a bit of a time a break off in our opinion but you can also keep working on your show. We also had a reply from the Slick Boy Lounge said, just trying to get back on track and produce regular episodes again for now. Upgrades coming soon. I hope, see, some people are just taking that time to enjoy the time off and and create where they might've gotten behind in the holiday season. So I think that's pretty cool too, that they're able to do that. But he did mention wanting to upgrade gear. So I think you're getting your wish a little bit there, Stephen. Also, Play Comics said, officially, I guess I'll say that I'm taking time off, but I've really been low-key getting some new projects going. (laughs) Yes, you can hear all about those new projects over on our Discord server because Chris does the Play Comics podcast, which is part of the GunnaGeek.com network. We also had a reply from, and you know, we're going to have to agree on how we're going to do this. Are we going to say the Twitter name or we're going to say the name of the podcast obviously we're not going to break a tradition at this point all right so we're going to go ahead with the twitter name it's not the name of the podcast say it with me steven aurelia pod also known as adventures in aurelia this is from damien damien said i'm actually doing what i normally do right now i only took one day off for each holiday filled with family stuff so i'm not focusing any extra on one thing or another I'm ready for 2020, though, and we're ready for you, Damien, to show us what you got in 2020. Damien, over the years, has really improved his podcast. Talk about better podcasting. He's gone from a simple tabletop streaming to one track. He's done multi-track. Now he's adding in show elements and bumps and background music and stuff like that. If you want to listen to the evolution of a podcast, Damien's show is phenomenal, especially if you're interested in D&D playthrough type podcasts. So we often joke about saying Aurelia pod, but we do so affectionately. Damien, we're all about your show. Actually, we're also about everybody else's show because we're committed because back on Christmas Day, we got a tweet that we responded to. And that's largely because we told our families that they have to wait and postpone Christmas because we needed to be at the phones in order to answer the listener and viewer feedback. That's what happened. I'm pretty sure Stephen was just drunk. Maybe. Uh, It was from David Hawk, and he said, Hello, I am wanting to make a podcast. I got a Snowball mic a while back because it was on sale, and I remembered hearing about that brand from a voice actor. I was wondering if this is a good starter mic for a two-person tabletop gaming podcast. Thank you. Now, full disclosure, I was not near Twitter. It was all SP, so SP, take it away. And uh, if you ask me offline why I was available on Twitter Christmas Day, it wasn't, uh, it's not normal. Anyway, the reply was a snowball microphone is an omnidirectional condenser microphone. It will pick up your voices pretty well, but it will also pick up room reverb and ambient sounds as well. Even more so with poor microphone techniques, such as one mic for two people. It's good just to test things out, though. And I want to qualify what I said there at the end there. It's good just to test things out. 
if you are starting your podcast and you got the gear in front of you, try it out. See how you like actually recording a podcast. We often say record a test podcast, record three test podcasts. Part of that is testing out gear. If the gear is not working out for you, then you can go ahead and invest in some better gear or different gear, not necessarily better, but different gear that fits your requirements better. David responded to that and he said, that's what I was worried about. Thank you for the fast response. Do you happen to know of any good mic sales at the moment? Over the holidays, by the way, Stephen, there was a lot of microphone sales, but there was one in particular that we always have our eyes on. That's the uh, Samson Q2U, isn't it? That is an incredible microphone for 40 or 45 bucks. And uh, we just gave one away last episode. And that microphone is currently being shipped to Johan, who won it. If you got something that you want to say to us, get in touch with us through any of the ways you can tweet us at BetterPod or come over to our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. You can email us podcast at betterpodcasting.com. And if you really, really feel great and want to do it, we would love to have a video clip from you. Please send us a video clip because we do have a full video companion to the show over at betterpodcasting.com. SP, that's going to take us to the end of our first 2020 episode. I got to say, I'm really excited for the things that we got to come for Better Podcasting this year. It's going to be a ton of fun. And I, uh, I know I expressed my appreciation at the end of 2019 for podcasting with you, but I'll appreciate appreciate you right at the beginning here for more than your beard. Uh, I think that you and I have had a lot of fun conversations over the last couple of weeks, and uh, I really appreciate your knowledge and uh, being my soundboard and everything that we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, because really that was, we weren't podcasting together. And uh, it's just fantastic having these conversations with you, even when we're not seeing each other on a weekly basis. Part of that was because Stephen was off rescuing his exterior Christmas decorations that were flying away in the wind. But part of it was was because it was a great time every year to for us to sit down and review our different projects that we got going on. Better podcasting is one of them. And we often consult each other on our other projects that we have going on, too. And it's a great time to do that. If you had a chance to do that over the holidays, let us know how that went. And I want to say I appreciate you, Stephen, very much. And one of the main things is the network and the fact that you create and maintain that website. That's a big part of going to geek. Going to geek wouldn't exist without it. So thank you very much for doing that and all the production that you do on better podcasting and the going to show. Steven, I think I'm ready to go and plug my blue Yeti and, and test it out. All right. On that note, for episode 214 of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen John Drew saying, I don't think that I'm ever going to get used to hearing SP promote a Blue Yeti. And I don't know if I'll ever get used to Stephen at all. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.